0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America,
1: it's Tony Katz
0: today. So many people are aware that there's a property tax problem in the state of Indiana. Uh, It's been a a large, large subject in the General Assembly. uh, That as reported by Kurt Darling, uh, property tax values on homes have gone up Thanks to higher home prices because of a highly competitive market and low interest rates. This means that Hoosiers are on the hook to pay uh, the state a lot more in uh, property taxes, possibly more than they can uh, afford. According to the House Speaker, Todd Houston, we've had lots of conversations with the Department of Local Government Finance. And uh, the biggest challenge we have is that people will be getting their property bills in the next month. And so this short turnaround on property tax bills is going to be an obstacle because there's little that can they can do right now to change the outcome of uh, of those bills at this point. The biggest help that they can give is in 2024. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, what is going on? Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com, TonyKatz.Locals.com. He uh, again states, it's the challenge that we're facing I'm a guy that believes in tax relief. we sent out multiple taxpayer refunds. We've cut rates. We need to provide some tax relief. It may not be specifically on property taxes, but on other issues. And it turns out, uh, as uh, Kirk Darling reports, Democrats are on board, too. This is uh, the House Minority Leader, who I have uh, no real affection for, Phil Giaquinta. It could be a little difficult because this is going to be for next year, unless there's something, uh, some sort of. Uh, it could be hard unless there's a homestead credit or something. We'll work through that. Um, so so I was under the impression that because of how things have been passed in previous years, that we would be mostly immune from these levels of of, of increases. I, I I clearly clearly. <laughs> was was misinformed there are a handful of bills in the state house that address property taxes senate bill 90 would freeze property taxes from growing up for seniors age 65 and older who own a home in indiana and then there's senate bill 306 which would apply specific property tax caps based on increases over the previous year then there's a house bill that would exempt disabled veterans from paying property taxes okay there could be specific groups and specific groups of people that you don't have paying property taxes, and, and you know that I oppose property taxes. The idea of a property tax is that, at least uh, for the homeowner, uh, no, no, any landowner. Who am I kidding? You don't own what you own. You own it, but uh, the government can decide if you don't give us a certain amount of money each and every year, you no longer own it. That's not ownership. And I have heard an argument um, uh, that I think is is foolhardy that people complain about this, but you forget about fire and police and what have you. Well, send me a bill for fire and police and what have you. Engage a tax for fire and police and what have you, but don't engage a property tax. I either own the property or I don't. And I must admit, people who don't understand that uh, are, well, they need to be uh, told how wrong they are and they need to admit that property taxes are abusive. Property taxes are no way to fund things. Property taxes are no way to treat people. You own what you own. It's not that you own it, but the state really owns it. That's a bunch of garbage. People who push that, don't, don't, certainly don't tell me you're a conservative. Don't even tell me you're rational. You sound ridiculous. You are ridiculous. You deserve to be treated as ridiculous. What if I told you this wasn't the biggest thing going on in the Indiana General Assembly right now? Don't get me wrong, it matters. It does matter. Taxation, of course, matters. Your money matters, and it belongs to you and not to government. I I believe this. The Indy Star, yes, that Indianapolis Star, reporting a story about House Bill 1186. Have you heard about House Bill 1186? Here's the digest out of the Indiana General Assembly. Encroachment on an investigation... Provides that a person who knowingly or intentionally approaches within 25 feet of a law enforcement officer after the law enforcement officer has ordered the person to stop commits a class C misdemeanor. Um, May we discuss this a little bit further? So there's police engaged in investigation. I, as a reporter, a journalist, certainly a member of the media, we can at least agree a member of the media because I'm not a journalist. But a member of the media, I can play journalist, so can anybody under the First Amendment. I walk up to a scene. Sir, please stand back. Um, No, I want to see what's going on. I'm not getting involved in their actual work. I'm surveilling what's happening. You're telling me that I have to stand 25 feet back? Otherwise, it's, it's encroachment on an investigation. I'm impeding an investigation. That's the misdemeanor. 25 feet? Who came up with this craziness? 25 feet? Now, what bothers me is that I'm on the same side here as the ACLU. This bill passed unanimously out of the House Courts and Criminal Code Committee amongst all 13 members in support from law enforcement. This is foolhardy, 25 feet. Now, you could say to me, Tony, your camera is going to be able to zoom in. You're going to be able to see a lot. Well, what if the police officer decides to stand in front of my camera? Can I move angles? Or is that encroachment too? The problem with this legislation, the problem with this concept is that it's making the argument that somehow the police are special. Now, follow me through to the end here. I believe in police officers. I believe in a police force. I believe in letting police do their job. I do. Not at the expense of the citizen. On that, I don't. I believe that you can get closer than 25 feet. 25 feet is an irrational border that um, that uh, does nothing else but create an opportunity for police to decide you're encroaching. And for that, I would start throwing people out of the General Assembly. Once you start stating to police officers that you can decide someone is doing something, as opposed to whether or not someone has done something, I think you create a very dangerous situation. A very, very dangerous situation, and I think that's what's happening right now. This is about, as, as Wendy McNamara, who, who put forth the legislation, Republican of Evansville, her goal is to avoid more chaos at crime scenes by giving officers a law that creates a buffer. Why should they get a law that creates a buffer? why are police getting a buffer? Maybe that should be the question. Here's the quote from Representative McNamara. If there's something that we can do from preventing that escalation, preventing the officer from being touched by someone who's not even involved in the situation, I hope that this bill is the one to do it. Well, now we're into a whole different subject now, aren't we? We're talking about the viewing of the scene. We're not talking about the touching of the officer. Note, I was never discussing actually getting involved in the investigation or stopping the investigation. You put your hands on an officer while they're doing their job. Yeah, you go to jail. You won't get an argument from me. We need another piece of legislation for that. I already thought we had that covered. But that's different than saying 25 feet. That's an arbitrary bunch of nonsense. And how come the citizen all of a sudden loses their rights? Why is the citizen not allowed to observe? 25 feet? Well, yes, the technology in your phone should make it easy for you to still see what's going on. Yes, but 10 feet would make it a lot easier. Well, 10 feet is too close. Says who? Well, the police officer feels like they're threatened. And... With all due respect, the police officer is threatened every day. I mean, that's part of the gig. They go in knowing that. It makes it a very, very difficult gig. I don't ever deny this. It's a very, very difficult gig. But that doesn't mean the citizen loses their rights because it's a difficult gig. 25 feet is nonsense. And the people who put forth this legislation, you've got Wendy McNamara as the author. It's co-authored by Michael uh, Karakoff, Jim Pressel, and Steve Bartles. You're out of your heads, guys. But you take a look at uh, the the way it's gone through. It's it's just it's just flying through. It Representative Robin Shackleford, Democrat of Indianapolis, who's running for mayor of Indianapolis, concurred with the committee, according to the Indy Star. The bill creates safety for police and civilians. Twenty-five to stay alive. Whoa! I have to be 25 feet away or what? I'm going to get shot by police for interfering? Are you all nuts? Are you all completely deranged and insane? How much do you hate the citizenry? If Republicans were smart, they would burn this bill to the ground. 25 feet. You're making that up. You made up a number. And so what happens uh, if I feel I'm 25 feet away, uh, is someone going to measure and find out I'm only 22 feet away and therefore I'm guilty? How do you determine that? The argument should be if the police officer puts up yellow tape, you don't go beyond the tape. One could see that as uh, possible, right? They're, they're creating uh, their, their perimeter. But they could do that in more than 25 feet. I'm not saying no, uh, that they couldn't. But one would argue if you saw the tape up, you know, the yellow police tape, do not cross, you wouldn't cross it. That could that could be seen as, as having some control. Well, Tony, they may not have control at the moment. They may be getting control. The police officer says, stay back. You stay back. To what extent? Well, I don't actually have an answer for that. To watch something happening is different than to be involved in something happening. And maybe the officers need to be more involved in the thing happening than the thing around them. Tony, they have to be careful of their surroundings. So how many cops are on scene when this is going on? My point is is that the police officer cannot plan for every situation. They can only do their best. But laws cannot be created to limit the rights of the citizens because, well, the police officer needs this. The citizen needs things too like to be able to see what's going on I don't when I see people um, you know you, you sometimes see these audit videos and it's it's uh, people auditing the police and protecting their first amendment rights and very often you see abusive cops cops who are just playing tough guy cops who think that they are the law if someone's allowed to record someone's allowed to record just let them record stop being tough guys Stop asking for ID when you're not allowed to ask for it. And stop thinking that the citizen doesn't have a right to see what's going on. I think there has to be a definition on the very concept of interference. Because I think interference is physical. Based on this, you think interference is viewing. And it's not. It can't be. Dear Lord, define myself. In, in agreement with the aclu of indiana is gross katie blair uh being quoted here in recent years we, there have been numerous tragic deaths at the hands of police that were observed and recorded by civilian bystanders and that has been critical to pushing back on unchecked police brutality oh holy hell why does the aclu make it so impossible honestly aclu of indiana why are you terrible terrible the importance of observation is because the citizen has rights as a citizen not because police are engaged in brutality there are things police do that i don't like i just described that i see things regarding police acting the tough guy that is all sorts of wrong what people like yourself or i should say aclu as a whole they favor the idea that somehow the suspect can, can run away from police and police should be like, oh, well, nothing we can do about it. You want to neuter police. I don't. But I don't want to neuter the citizen either. I don't want to stop the citizen from being able to engage in the rights of the citizen. I oppose this. No one, because Katie Blair continues, she's wrong on a tremendous number of things, but she continues, just as long as you do not interfere with what the officers are doing and do not stand close enough to obstruct their movements, you have the right to observe and record events that are plainly visible in public spaces. I agree with this. That is accurate. Wholly accurate. Anytime you physically interfere, you should go to jail. Any touching that gets involved, any touching of of uh, material objects, you go to jail and so you should. Viewing things, ain't nothing wrong with viewing things. 25 feet, arbitrary garbage. Garbage, Republicans. This isn't about protecting cops. This is about hurting citizens. You're just wrong. And I believe I've played out why I believe you are wrong. And I I would suggest that you do take my advice. Burn this to the ground. Because while I, I may not be a lawyer, I can't imagine this survives a single legal challenge. Can't imagine that it does. This is Tony Katz today. And just like that, the Indianapolis Colts have a head coach, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Shane Steichen. That's S-T-E-I-C-H-E-N. Offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles losing the Super Bowl 38 to 35, although I don't know if I would necessarily say it's his fault. He's the new head coach. I swear to you this morning when they still hadn't announced anybody, I was like, yeah, uh, this isn't going to work, is it? Like, that was my uh, like gut take. This, this this isn't gonna happen. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be like uh, McDaniel's. He's gonna be, he's gonna be like, ah, second thought. I'm gonna stay in Philly. But now he's coming. He is coming. My question is, and I uh, and 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 regardless of what we heard today, I, I want to have it. You know, really, really explained out. How much was given in terms of power and control, specifically to the concept of quarterback? That's that's what I want to know. I want to know. About quarterback and what it is that uh, that um he was given like hey we're gonna we're gonna draft this guy this is who we see on the board and was he like oh no 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 I want that guy that's the guy I'm gonna build an offense around that's um what what I'm curious about I'm curious to see how much control this dude gets so Steichen has been with the uh the Eagles for the last two years, right, working with Jalen Hurts. Before that, he was with, is is it Aber Justin Aber or Justin Herbert? I think it's Justin Herbert, uh, who was with the Chargers, where he was offensive coordinator. And Herbert was the rookie of the year, with Steichen calling the plays. He was then the quarterback's coach before that with Phillip Rivers, who, of course, played with the Colts. He was the QB coach from 2016 to 2019. And according to uh, Kevin Bowen over there at uh, The Fan, 1075thefan.com, they're rather close, which means Steichen had to pick up the phone and be like, the Colts, seriously? And there there had to be some moment, some moment where where, where Phil Rivers had to, like, give his blessing, right? If Phillip Rivers, if they're close, and Rivers is like, dude, you are not going to Indy. Dude, 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 dude. You are not, you are not. Stay where you are, shut your mouth, have a cheesesteak, just wait. You would assume that would have would have happened, right? Steigen began his career coaching defense with the Chargers in 2011, and then... um, uh, moved uh, to, to the offense. And he worked with uh, Frank Reich. So uh, there there's a lot of interesting, interesting connection here. Me, I, I wish him the best. I want to know um, really detailed how Jeff Saturday feels. He took that interim gig. He suffered through with just one win. You know he wanted to prove himself as a coach. So what happens next? How much is, is Saturday going to be around, right? What, what gets announced versus what actually happens and all that. I'm curious. As for this guy, I, I don't know uh, the dude, uh, and, I, and he's 37. I wish him absolutely, positively all the best, man. You want to see him win. You want to see him uh, uh crush. You want to see him do the thing. It's interesting that they picked a guy who is aligned with Reich and al- aligned with another uh, Colts former, Sirianni, right? Uh, so a comfort level there? If And if that was the case, why not go with a comfort level from a guy who was part of real winning in Indianapolis like Jeff Saturday? So there's going to be a lot of those questions. I think it all gets answered during the draft. It all gets answered in whether or not they trade up for QB, they feel they've got the QB, they've got this figured out. I think that's where people are really, really, really going to read in. Congratulations, uh, Coach Steichen. Welcome to Indianapolis. Keep it right here, everybody. I'm Tony Katz. So you take a look at this report from the BLS, this inflation report, 6.4% up in January. You're like, well, that can't be good. And it's not. Uh, no, no, no part of this is good. And the reason it's not good is, be, well, twofold. We, we were told that things were going to get better. We were told we were on the right trajectory. But yet the market kind of saw this coming. They had expectations. They just didn't expect it to be this big. And certainly you have the conversation regarding uh, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, and his aggressiveness in in how things are going to go down, how they're going to push things down, force uh, I- inflation rate down to that target of, of 2%. You're like, well, this is going to take longer than we thought. But mostly it, there's this question of what does it say to us? What does it say to Midwest Main Street? What does it say about how we should be investing? Are we investing? Are, are we in, are we focused in, in the right things? Do we really understand the 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 crux of the issue with our economy and why do we still have people who dare to tell us that everything is good look if you want to argue that things are better you might be able to show me something you know anecdotally if you want to tell me things are good and you're wrong for saying things are bad I'm sorry you don't have the argument the numbers have the argument and the numbers tell us that things cost more and they're not going to go down anytime soon Tony Katz Tony Katz today. Guys, it's good to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. tonycats.locals.com. Dr. Matt Wills, an economist at the University of Indianapolis. Dr. matt Will, W-I-L-L. Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box. And, and, and I spoke with him about what is in this report. And I wanted to start with his take.
1: Well, Tony, first of all, I want to say I am consistent. The, the listeners should remember. I multiply it by 12. I don't look at this uh, year-over-year thing. And last month, we said it was a good month. We said it was very good. It was 0.1 times 12 is 1.2% in December. Tony, we went from 1.2% in December to 6% in January. That is a 500% increase in the rate of inflation. This is bad. This is the worst monthly inflation rate, Tony, since last summer. The worst monthly inflation rate. You know, people say year over year. I don't care about year over year. We were in a good trajectory. We've now reversed direction, and we're heading back up the inflation slope, and the market reacted accordingly. We can talk about the yield curve and interest rates. The market did not like what they saw.
0: So when we take a look at some of the numbers, because I was able to get over there to bls.gov and take a look, food from December to January, 0.4 to 0.5, which is an unadjusted 12 months, ten point one uh, percent then you take a look at energy energy in the month of december was down 3.1 negative 3.1 and then in january is 2.0 uh, unadjusted uh, 12 months 8.7 percent increase but break down that three negative 3.1 to a 2.0 in january how do, should people look at that number and what does it say to you
1: Tony, this was a shock to me because we've seen this downward trajectory. You know, we saw energy prices declining um, two months in a row, negative. You know, the president bragged about the cheaper gas prices. And when I go by, yesterday I paid under $3 a gallon for for gasoline. Yet all of a sudden we see energy prices jumping up. And Tony, I think the source of that is your energy to your house. You know, I posted on Twitter this alarming energy bill I got, even though I was gone 25% of the month in January, I still got over a 50% increase in my bill from last year, this month. So, Tony, I think what we're seeing is this, this gas policy from the administration, which is banning new finding of natural gas, banning new permits for refining this product, and, of course, then the demand in Europe. Hey, lucky we've had a warm winter, Tony. If we would have had a colder winter, like that one snap we had around Christmas, it would have been even worse.
0: And and the Europeans, I mean, this is talked about a lot. They anticipated a tremendous amount of energy issues because they're not getting energy, cheap energy from Russia anymore. That if they had had the cold, the cold winter, things could have been just brutal. They didn't have it. That was helpful. But you you talk about what goes to your house under energy services. You take a look at utility piped gas service. It was up three and a half in December, six point seven in January what specifically makes up that number and I was told uh, that we were doing better with it with energy prices
1: well I don't know who told you that Tony but they were lying to you because pipe gas is the number one thing that the president signed in his first day of office to ban that's the f- number one thing that he put restrictions on new exploration new permits being issued he banned Tony banned for two years liquefied natural gas That's how we get natural gas to Europe, Tony. You have to liquefy it, put it on a ship and send it over there. And so he, in his executive order alone, has caused that number to go up. And Tony, it was a warm winter. This number would be much worse, but it's all because of regulation concerning natural gas that caused that number to go up and the war in Europe isn't helping matters
0: talking to dr matt will economist at the university of indianapolis maybe i was told gas prices were better not energy prices but people take a look at that as a as a total speaking of totals you take a look at cpi right or or, or core uh, cpi and that's up 0.4 percent in january 5.6 percent year over year that's different than when you take a look at the, to- the total which is up half a percent and up 6.4 percent do me a favor break down those two numbers and what they mean
1: well Tony the, the, it goes back to what we just talked about. The the thing that's pulling up the total number is the energy cost. And again, not the gasoline at the pump, although that's gone up this month as well. And what we're seeing is that gas, again, piped energy, energy services, fuel oil. Oh my gosh, Tony. So, you know, that that is luckily the only thing that's been down the last 2 months. But that's what's causing the the non-core item to go up. The core is still high, too high, Tony. I mean, again, I like to annualize things, and you're talking still 4.8% this month. You know, Tony, this is where's this inflation that's supposed to be going away? It's still 4.8% core, 6% overall. This month, not last month, not the previous month, this month, Tony, why isn't it going away? And the answer is the battle is being lost by Jerome Powell and won by Joe Biden.
0: So how does Jerome Powell expect us to believe him he he takes to uh the airwaves if, if you will and and he makes uh, this statement right here let me see if i can play this for you uh,
1: pce uh, index and that's just that's not something we're looking at changing that isn't going to change it's that's not going to change not going to change now. but okay so you need to get the two percent and your goal to get there is by what period of time would you like to get there? Well, we say we say that we're using our tools to get there over time. If you look at our forecasts, we expect 2023 to be a year of significant declines in inflation, and it's actually our job to make sure that that's the case. But I would tell you that uh, you know, with inflation headline headline uh, PCE inflation is running about five percent. This is on a 12-month basis. Core is running it at 4.4. My guess is it will take certainly into not just this year, but next year to get down close to 2%.
0: When I heard him say that the first time, it to me sounded outrageously rosy, that's Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, that 2024 he expects to get to that 2% target rate. But if, as you describe it, Jerome Powell is losing to the spending of Joe Biden, Biden, something has to change. Certainly the Republican Party having the House can help, but... The spending is already out there regarding the Inflation Reduction Act and a series of other things. Is Jerome Powell painting too rosy of a picture here?
1: No, I I actually agree with what he said, Tony, and I hear it differently than you do. He's saying 2024 is when this thing will be under control, and he says they're doing the things now. So if you look at the producer price index, it's down. It's in a much more reasonable range. We saw the ISM PMI report, saw that it was actually declining. So producer prices are on the decline. Consumer prices are not yet there. He's staying the course. He's saying, look, it's gonna be through this year. He's not saying it's gonna happen today or tomorrow. So I think he's doing the right thing. This was probably a shock to him. Remember when he said that Tony, he had not yet seen this report. So I think that probably Jerome Powell was a little surprised and that he's a little bit alarmed, and that's why we saw the yield curve invert. That's why we saw short-term rates go up. Tony, the six-month rate shot over 5% just a few minutes ago. 5% today. That's a scary thing.
0: And this and this goes into that idea of what is known as the inverted yield curve when, like, like a two-year uh, Treasury is paying a higher interest rate than a 10-year, correct?
1: Yes, yes. In fact, the 30-year is at 37 the six-month is at 5%. Tony, you can earn more investing for six months than you can for 30 years. That's an embarrassment to the economy because no one's going to invest long-term. No one's going to build a factory or hire workers or build products if they can just slap it in the bank for six months and make more money.
0: Talking to uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. See, people look at that and think that that's a a, a Wall Street number. I think that number really needs to be better explained on Midwest Main Street because it has a real functionality in, in your life. You're somebody and yet you, you haven't figured out what you're going to invest in. You've got cash in the bank. It could be small numbers. could be large numbers. You've got cash in the bank. You're not sure if you're going to put into a stock. You don't trust the market. You're not sure if you can put into your business because exactly what you're discussing and you're not sure of what the future is because this, this government, the federal government, maybe your state government, puts you at unease. And then you take a look at something like six months and 5%. You're like, wait a second. Do I lock up my cash? For six months, and isn't the answer, well, it's, it's better than doing nothing. Now, this is asking you for, for, for investment advice, but maybe taken in, in, a, in a bit of a broader context, that is the way people look at it, right? So they, they, you may yeah. take a look at this 5% and say, this shows danger. People on Midwest Main Street may be like, you know what? Perfect thing to do for six months, and everything will be get figured out by then.
1: But, Tony, you are correct, and I will give investment advice because it's common sense. Do you want to lock up your money for 30 years at 3.7% or lock up your money at six months for 5%? Does any rational person think they would invest for 30 years at a lower interest rate? Tony, that, that doesn't, doesn't make sense to anyone. And it's the person on Main Street who's smart enough to make this decision, just like the person who owns a business who's thinking, geez, should I put up a factory with financing and, and returns that are lower in the long run, then the short term, no. So they're not going to build a factory. They're not going to hire the people, Tony. The economy isn't going to grow. The prospects for recession today, just the probability just went up. And that's where the the second connection point is,
0: that here's Powell and you agreeing with him about the work to bring uh, inflation down and getting to that 2% number. And And I guess maybe you believe that it's possible. But between now and then, bad things happen. With numbers like this and the unwillingness to recognize them. Uh, it, was there a specific driver to these increases? When, you know, I, I, it looked to me like Wall Street anticipated some increases, these were larger. Was there a specific reason to these increases? And do those reasons disappear going into next month?
1: Tony, they don't disappear. And the reasons are the spending in Washington. Um, the president has said he's not going to negotiate with the House concerning the debt ceiling, and that means that we're probably going to be on the, the spending path because the Republicans will lose that battle. The Republicans do not have the media machine behind them, and it doesn't matter if the Republicans are in the White House or in the Congress. When there's a negotiation on debt ceiling, they will always lose because they are the out of media party, and I think that's what's going to happen. The president's going to win. He's going to get his debt ceiling increase. There's going to be no negotiation. On the decreasing of spending, I mean, he he lied to the public about Social Security, Tony. If the if the public and the media said he won that negotiation, what negotiation? I don't know of a Republican who wanted to eliminate Social Security. Is this? An, are we living on another planet when people actually believe that and the news reports it?
0: Well, I can't. I can't answer that question for you <laughs> regarding, <laughs> regarding what planet the man may be living on. See, you can't put me on the spot uh, like that. But let me give you something I can put you on the spot for, uh, sir. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. This is Fox Business reporting. Biden to sell 26 million barrels more from the Strategic oh. Petroleum Reserve. Uh,
1: for what reason? For political reasons, Tony. I was reading that article this morning. I was reading that article this morning that we have, we, we now have, we now have a surplus of oil, Tony, relative to demand. That is relative to the demand, Tony. This makes no sense. We've been adding. We're looking to sell 26 million barrels of reserves between April and June. 26 million barrels out of the reserve. Yet there is currently, according to the the analysts on Wall Street and Bloomberg, a, a glut of oil in the economy. Why? In fact, I'm reading right here. It says, you know, oil fell after the close of regular trading on a Bloomberg news report that the US plans to sell more crude out of the SPR, adding supplies to a quote already glutted market. Political Tony, he wants to drive that price of gasoline down. It's all politics. There's it's bad for national security, it's bad for the economy. We need to build these SPRs back up. Uh, this Tony uh, I want to jump off my desk here. It's just driving me well, insane. Well,
0: let, let's not uh, do that. We can't have you with a twisted ankle. Before I let you go, any good news? You see anything in this report that makes you say, hmm, well, that could be something.
1: <laughs> Tony, oh, medical Lord. care dropped. The cost of your medical care was reduced, and so it's going to be cheaper for you. When I jump off my desk and hurt my ankle, it'll be cheaper to go to the doctor and get a fix. Use cars, too used cars yeah but, but but we were investing in those Tony remember I told you a year ago to invest in used cars I did losing value you had to remind me of that what I'm just uh, I'm, I'm
0: stating that look it's some some good news people can afford a car now
1: I'm That's trying those sir who invested in cars were in trouble oh good
0: lord Good Lord, just looking for one bit of sunshine in all this. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will, on Twitter. Find him there. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. There, of course, will be, over the next days, more and more information about the shooting that took place at Michigan State University, where three people are dead and five are injured, and who was this gunman, and do we have a motive, and and etc. More and more will come out. And certainly anything that came out today might get, well, for lack of a better word, contradicted. And it happens as, as more and more information becomes uh, uh, available. Of course, this, this doesn't change the people like Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who immediately was decrying gun violence. But we saw that somebody in a U-Haul truck in New York Running people over, attacking people, and no one claimed car violence. No one. By the way, a person died in that. No one. I cannot describe to you the levels to which I oppose the people who speak about gun violence because I find them to be incredibly and totally unserious. I find them to be frauds. Failures. I find them to be disgusting and terrible terrible people. Unworthy of our love or attention. Unserious. And the last thing we need is more unserious people. Why do people commit the act? That's the question. What are the underpinnings? That's what matters? Say a prayer if you choose. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com, TonyCats.locals.com. Tomorrow everyone. Take care.